Hi there, I'm Richard. I'm the senior pastor of Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multi-generational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. Who among you are hungry today? Who among you are thinking about lunch, brunch, or to have a bite on those cookie and then maybe thinking of dining tonight? Well, talk about dining, you know. Uh, let's say, uh, how do you enjoy your food on a good restaurant? Do you just eat the food and be fed? Maybe for some of you, you know, you may say, ah, I taste the flavor. That's different from eating. I savor the ingredients. That's different from eating. I do immerse myself of how the chef did this great dish. And not only that, you are present to the very special person that you're dining with. How about that? So, today we are now on our fourth part of our miracle series. We call this as the feeding of the 5,000. This morning, it is my great privilege to bring the message with you and as we look to this miracle, it is interesting that this is the only miracle that is recorded in the four Gospels. Matthew, Luke, Mark, and John. All of the Gospel authors use this miracle to show what the true message and who Jesus is. But if we try to blend all together this Gospel into one message, we will be missing key ingredient that this gospel feeding of the 5,000 is trying to send us. So let us focus ourselves in just fixing into this chapter, the book of John, not mixing it with the book of Mark, Luke, and Matthew. We need to observe the distinctiveness of this account that draw much more from difference because the author of the gospel is trying to say, to teach us something that is very different. The aim is for us all to taste the rich flavors of his word that can only satisfy your soul, our whole being, that will give light to enjoy into his presence. So join me today to feed ourselves with the word of God from the book of John chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. After Jesus, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the sign that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with the disciples. Now the Passover the peace of the Jews was at hand, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him. 
Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread will not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many people? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the man sat down. There are about 5,000 5, in number who were seated, so also the fish as much. Ah. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish as much, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather about the leftovers fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, filled, Twelve basketfuls from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done this, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is come to the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again. To the mountain by himself. Let's all pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much that your word is very much available for all, all of us. Holy Spirit, may you bring flavor into it that we may all be nourished, Father. We believe, Father God, that your very word will give life, nourishment to all of us. It will even awaken, Father God, for those people, Father God, who are really have a hunger, Lord God, of righteousness and seeking, Father God, life, Father God, that can only be attained by you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you will see that there are three highlighted words. Now, I highlighted them because I would like us all to pay a careful attention to these three words. So, we can see it from here that the popularity of Jesus is just spreading just like wildfire. Everyone is trying to catch over him would like to see how he does these miracles, would like to hear how he preached, would even like the benefit of how he heals their sickness. People everywhere are just saying, oh, this is this great man who can do this miraculous signs and wonders. You should be there, you should be present, you should witness this. It is only your chance to make your life, you know, again, be free from sickness. And for some people, they just want to see 
just like maybe some of us, wow, that's a great miracle, but it doesn't matter to me. I just want to see it. But you know what? From Jesus in his ministry, just like some of us, he is a man, 100% man and 100% God. He was tired physically and emotionally. Remember, you know, he had gathered a large, a large crowd. He had gone through several ministry. So he does need a rest. He wants to chill along with his disciples. So he went along with his disciples on a mountain. But you know what? That didn't work. These people, the crowd followed him, chased him. But Jesus, being compassionate Savior that he is, he didn't try to escape the multitude of people. So our first word is the word the test. As you can see from the scripture, Jesus asked Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Philip responds, 200 denarii worth of bread will not be enough for each of them to get a little. This is what I think Philip is trying to say. Lord, you may be kidding. There are a lot of people, thousands. We don't have enough money to feed them, to buy their food. He even said, it's worth about 200 denarii just to provide a little for those 5,000. Back then, during the time of Jesus, a denarii for you to earn is worth of you know, working in a whole day. So if you multiply that just to achieve 200 denarii, it's almost seven months of labor. So Philip is saying, this is impossible, Jesus. But I would like you all, all of us to visualize the enormity of the problem is there are 5,000 people there going along chasing Jesus, and Jesus is compassionate. What is Jesus trying to achieve on this occasion? Jesus wants to see that disciples, what are they going to answer him? He would like to see and test their faith. So the point is, the test is being given to Philip and to his disciples because Jesus wants to test all of us. No one is excused. It will happen. I believe some of us, some of you have already been tested. And he wants to strengthen your faith, all of us, our faith, to have a faith in him. The hope would be that the disciples would turn to Jesus and declare that he can solve the problem. You are the son of God and you can do all things. Would it be great confession at this moment? But rather than looking to Jesus for the answer and trusting him to provide, the disciples look for self-reliance. Lord, I cannot do this. Lord, we cannot do this. We don't have money. We don't have enough. Where is the faith to look to the problem and look onto Jesus? Rather than saying, you know what? We have Jesus. 
Yes, Lord, you can do this. You've done already all the miracles. That's what faith is, isn't it? Lord, we know that you can do this, but rather his disciples are lost at that moment. They're seeking for an answer and they're facing a big problem. Just like some of us, how easy it is to feel like this when we face tests in our lives that we only carry on. Yep, it's going to be hard. What am I going to do? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then we worry. We worry, we worry, we worry so much. And we forget that we can pray. We forget that we have a God who cares so much for us. We forget that, you know, that's the reason why Jesus came in here. To make him real. To whatever test that we are facing, there is nothing impossible for him. And then the second word is the little. Let us focus on the minor and seemingly significant character in the scripture. The little boy. No one on the crowd would have thought that this little boy mattered. No one have imagined that what he was carrying in his little basket would not only be the provision of that moment, but the very basis of one of the most significant sermons Jesus ever preached. This was one little boy in the crowd with a little bit of seafood and bread, but he had been chosen by God to be significant piece of the Messiah's redemptive plan, not only for that day, but for the rest of human history. But here, what is trying to say here, folks, brothers, sisters, we will never know which little person that God will use and how. That means that we're never just lost in the crowd. We're never without anything to offer. We never know who the Lord will claim and use in ways that we can't predict or have intended. The Lord knows you. The knows knows us all. And he knows what our situation is. And he's very much aware that we are facing tests and trials. And how can be used in the divine author over each and every moment, writing our story so that we could, we can say, this is what Jesus did in my life. He can do amazing things with the little fragments, the little fragments of our lives that we're carrying around, that we tend to think they're not worth nothing, they don't have no meaning, they want nothing. But you know what? Jesus wanted you and me from those small little fragments he will make it 
bigger and he will make it possible. This is how he does his miracle. But think about it. If we're going to be thinking the story on the other way around, you know, what if that little boy had said to the stranger who asked him of his food, what if he said, uh, sorry, this is my food. Uh, sorry, I should ask my mom first, or my dad. And sorry, this is my food, and he ran away. But you know what? That little boy unselfishly offered his little food. And that's how Jesus used him and his little things, his little meal, so that the miracle would happen on that day. By divine power, a crowd of 5,000 was satisfied by the physical food with even plenty of leftovers and simultaneously pointed to the internal source of spiritual food that satisfies our soul. What an amazing story. Christ did the impossible through a remarkable little kid with little meal in the middle of a very big crowd of 5,000. And let's talk about this word, the take. But rather than coming to Jesus as the giver of life and the one who satisfies all that we ever need, the disciples come to him or the people come to him to make him their king. They saw the sign but drew the wrong conclusion about what this meant for them. They did not come to him for their eternal king and rule over the scene of their lives. Their response follows what we have seen over and over again in this pop gospel. People are only thinking physically. People are only thinking about their needs. People doesn't give Jesus a chance that he is the savior, that he is the Lord of their lives. We this can see this clearly when Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 26, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. This is why Jesus withdraws from them and returns to the mountain by himself because Jesus finds the wrong motives inside their hearts. And this could also happen to us. We may be coming to him because we're praying a lot of all our needs. We're only coming into him, believing that, Lord, you're going to be answering all my needs, all, all of me, all of me, all of me, but not even thinking, Lord, there is more to life here on earth. Lord, you came in here to save me from my sins. We forget about that moment. And not only that, we forget about that, Lord, how can I please you? How can I follow you? You said it, oh God, to love you with all my heart, soul, and strength. How could that be? If all of us, even I myself, 
I'm guilty of always just trying to rush myself to Jesus. Lord, please help me on this, help me on that, help me on this. And when that time happens, have I given glory to Him? Have I given glory to Him? Is my heart still, you know, focused on about His kingdom, about His heart, or am I too focused about my life here on earth? So the challenge is, for our, all of us here, our takeaway, let us seriously take Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the giver of life. He himself is better than anything we ever wanted. So what is Jesus doing in this miracle of taking a five loaves into a fish and feeding over the 5,000? He is opening a window on who he is. He is manifesting His glory, glory as the only Son of the Father. And He's opening this window, not that we might get excited about how useful He is in answering our prayers, and just getting for what all we need for our physical, but that we might see that He Himself, He Himself, is better than anything we ever wanted. What Jesus gives his flesh on the cross, he becomes bread for sinners who believe. The point of making bread, as it were, out of nothing, like God making a manna back then during the time of the Israelites, is that the Son of God has come to the world not to give you just a bread, but to be your bread. And since we are all sinners and do not deserve this bread, how will he give it to us? He said it in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 51. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. His flesh. When he gave his flesh on the cross, he becomes bread. All nourishing, all satisfying bread for whoever believes in him so let us all seriously take jesus as our lord and savior so with all three words i put them all in the statement we just never know what god will ask of us to test us we never know ahead of time what will happen when he does we never know how the lord will take our little bits and pieces, and use them to give us grace and satisfy our need. That's just the way God works. Christ is always available to feed us. His word, himself, Psalm 3, 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So again, when you go back, open your Bible, how do you eat your word? You taste? You immerse in His presence? You relish in His goodness? You remember how good it is 
you meditate. Then you can tell a story to your friends, to your neighbors, to your family around you that the Lord is so good. Let him be known. All glory be to Christ. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website at www.everynationauckland.city. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.